Hey, that's great. But who are the chefs? Not going anywhere for a while. Great googly moogly. Grab a Snickers. You spell it. Yeah. You're listening to the Local Bar Podcast with your host, Chad Alexander. Come on in. We have a lot of friends we want you to meet. Paris Mountain in beautiful downtown Greenville, South Carolina. This is the local bar. I am your host, Chad Alexander. From all the places you could be, you decided to spend some time with us today. For that, we're incredibly grateful. How you doing? We're glad to be back spending time with you. It's nice to be back yet again. So let me let me explain my absence. Here, here we are. At the beginning of the year, all these great promises, all this, all this stuff that we're going to do, we can't wait to get it going. Oh, it's a new year. It's a new day. And um, your boy here goes and picks up a cold. <clears throat> I'm going to try. I don't have my cough button tonight uh, because, again, I'm in Greenville, South Carolina. I'm on the road. And so I don't have my cough button tonight, and I'm, <laughs> I'm going to try to keep from from – uh, annoying the crap out of you while you listen to the show. But um, I got sick a couple of weeks ago, but it wasn't too bad. I just got like, I don't know, a little tickle in my throat, not feeling too great, um, but got over it pretty quick. But the problem is my band had a gig. So we had this, um, we had this gig on a Thursday. It was Thursday night. It's for the the Coroner's Association. Um, if you if you've seen our band Duncan Sims and the Accused, you may know that Bill Stevens, our lovely bass player, works for the Coroner's uh, Office, and uh, they have a a great benefit every year, and it it is um, it's always a good time. I, I think they do really well and raise some money for a lot of families at that event. Um, anyway, they've asked us to play the past two years, so we went to play. And Bill and I kind of had the same sickness going on. And we got, I don't know, a third of the way into the show. And neither one of us, because at first we sounded at best like a couple of guys going through puberty. <clears throat> By the end of the show, we we couldn't do anything. The next day, I'm, I'm having to get on the phone, talking to my reps and stuff like that. It was just, it was painful for everybody, for me to talk and for them to listen to me. So a week later, we played over at State Street Pub, and we still clipped a couple of songs out. It really wasn't great, but we got through it. But thank goodness, and we played at the Hangar this past weekend. Uh, those of you that came out to the show, first of all, a very heartfelt thank you from those of us in Duncan Sims and the Accused. Uh, we have we always have a very good time when we go to the Hangar. It, it's a it's a great venue for us. We have figured out our PA system in there. We know how to keep it from bouncing all over the walls. The, the place is not built for acoustics. But, man, for some reason, that building and this band were meant for each other. And we have, we always have a good time when we play there. Well, the crowd apparently had a good time when we were there uh, last Saturday night. <clears throat> I want to thank everybody who came out. It was a wonderful show. Um my friends Carrie and Dave, or Dave and Carrie, came all the way from Myrtle Beach to hear us play, and uh, that meant a lot. 
But for those of you that have that come and seen this before, we, we had such a we had such a blast on Saturday night, and it, it was one of our favorite gigs we've played yet. Thank you very much for 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 coming out. I know we're doing a show this coming Saturday, but I believe it's I believe it's an invitation only thing. I, I'll find out. I, I'll post it on the website. I don't really uh I don't really put stuff on the local bar media uh, Facebook page when we do stuff. I need to start doing that. A little bit more. Speaking of music, I know Don was up, I believe, in Raleigh uh, at a listening room up there. Uh, he had a couple of shows. He's been that. That's really been uh, doing well for him. If you are new to the show, uh, Don Merkel is a guy whose music we play in between breaks and stuff like that from time to time. Uh, and a good friend of the show. I think you're supposed to say stuff like that. Uh, and he has been doing uh, some solo tours over the past few months, and it looks like he's finding success with that and some pretty cool stories. So we'll have to have him back on the show again sometime to kind of tell us how things are doing. But uh, if you are wondering who the music is, it is Don Merkel. Some of it's Don Merkel. Some of it's Don Merkel and the Blacksmiths. <clears throat> I think some of it's American Gun. Maybe that sneaks in there every now and then. Um, but, yeah, so um, – <clears throat> A lot of good music stuff going on lately. Uh, at the top of the show, by the way, that commercial is my favorite, favorite Snickers ad that I've ever seen. I think it was 2006. It's a, it's a Snickers commercial of a guy painting the end zone for the Kansas City Chiefs, and he misspells the Chiefs as the chefs. Uh, for some reason, that, show, that, that commercial has always kind of tickled me. So congratulations to the Kansas City Chiefs with their fantastic win over the 49ers. It's a good, very good Super Bowl. Everybody wants to go nuts about the halftime show. I have better things to do than talk about it. But um, it, was a great, it was a good game, fun game. Got to sit and watch it with our friends Ace and Jamie, uh, Mr. Andrew Evans, who has been on the show before. We had a good time watching the game, eating some food that was wonderful tasting, but terrible for you, and uh, uh, having an all-around good time uh, during that game. It, for me, as a Cowboys fan, it was just more important that San Francisco did not outpace us in the number of Super Bowl trophies. So uh, I, I was uh, kind of pulling for the Chiefs, really more for um, Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid. Really like both of those guys. So congratulations to them. It's fun, fun football season. I really hate that it's already over, but as a Cowboys fan, when you get to the playoffs, you're kind of ready for it to be over so your team can start all over again because that's exactly what we're doing. But oh well. Football comes and it goes, blows in like the wind and out like the wind. I don't know. I, I got nothing for you there. No, no poetry tonight. So, um, the um, the past couple of weeks have, have, even though they brought some sickness and uh, screwed up my voice as to where I haven't been able to talk, there have been some things that have happened. Uh, that I have kind of observed. We've had, uh, by the way, the interviews that I've got scheduled, some of them are um, ready to come out. I, I wanted to do a show about something first. And so just kind of a personal note tonight that this show is really just me. Um, but there's some things that I want to go over because the past couple of weeks while I've been sick, uh, some things have happened and I kind of wanted to bring them up. So uh, just sit back and relax. It's just me and you tonight. And this beautiful mountain air up here in Greenwood. It is 77 degrees today on February 3rd. 77 degrees today up here in Greenville. Just a gorgeous day. And one of those beautiful Greenville sunsets. Oh, 
If you've never been to the city, you, you got to come give it a shot sometime. But anyway, um, back to what I was saying. There's a couple of uh, important points that I want to uh, to bring up. So I'm glad that we've gotten a chance to spend some time together this evening. Sit back, relax, and let's uh, crack open a favorite beverage of yours and let's spend a few moments together this night, shall we? Wake up, think about it, what's it gonna be? The air that surrounds it is not enough to breathe. The stars will surround you They fall at your command The sea, it will drown you And bring you back again So it's, um, it's only fitting that <clears throat> With the Super Bowl the other night Um, I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna begin with a football reference Um there's something that drives me crazy about football. We, we didn't really see this the other night, but but one of the things that, that kind of drives me nut, nuts about football is um, something that, that I've seen far too often, um, whether college or professional. Th- th- this is something that just seems um, – it seems like almost like an epidemic amongst some coaches. And um, for those of you that aren't really big sports fans, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna try to um, explain this the best I can. Don't worry, I'm not gonna spend a lot of time on this. But there's something called the prevent defense <clears throat> that drives me crazy. So let me tell you what the prevent defense is. A lot of times at the end of the game, um, what you'll see the defense do is they will put uh, maybe more defensive backs out there on the field and less linebackers or linemen. And they'll and they'll they'll go pretty far back. And, and basically, what you're watching them do is basically uh, guard against any long, deep passes that that may bring the other team back into it. Far too often, though, um, teams take advantage of this. They they throw things over the across the middle of the field, use their timeouts, get to the um, get to the you know out of bounds, and they do this so much. That they're able to move down the field, score some points, and 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 way too many times, I've seen the opposing team come back and win, and it's always just floored me, because usually, I mean, nobody goes out there and starts with the prevent defense. It's 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 not something you you start your game with. <clears throat> you can almost make, I don't want to say you make the case that there's no need for it. Maybe on a play or two, it's something that you want to do. Obviously, against a Hail Mary, it's the defense that you see go out there. But what drives me crazy about it is all these coaches with all this experience during the game have a defense that's done such a good job that it's kept the other team at bay. Why would you change it to do anything else? Why not keep the same defense out there? The one that for three and a half quarters gave you the lead. And now, there there are plenty of arguments that have been had around bars around the world about why you should or should not do it. But over the past couple of weeks, I've had to deal with some things that have made me think about the prevent defense. I'll get to a little bit more on that in a minute. 
First, I want to bring something up. There was a, an obituary that I saw um, yesterday that um, kind of took me by surprise. I mean, that's a guy that I haven't seen in forever. But the guy's name is Tom Kynard. It, it would be wrong of me to um, to do a show and not talk about Tom Kynard. I actually kind of feel bad for the little bit of distortion I have going through this microphone or the, the way that the sound's not as good as when I'm home in my home studio, uh, that I, I'm not giving him the best that I could or my <clears throat> the fact that my throat is killing me right now. But but I have to bring him up. Tom Kynard was a guy who was born in the upstate of South Carolina, um, and he was the uh, son of a Methodist minister. Tom's much older than me. Um, but he uh, went into broadcasting, and I think he'd been, I think he was in like in Augusta, maybe Atlanta. But he found his home in Florence, South Carolina, on a radio station called WJMX. When I was a kid of about uh, 11 years old, there was something that I loved to do. One of, one of my favorite things that I would do is, this is back when, um, you got to think back, back way before CDs to, to tapes. And I had, I remember I thought it was the coolest thing. A lot of you had these that are around my age. It was a it was a double-deckered uh, tape player where you could play and record um, from one tape to the next. You know, make your bootleg albums and all your mixtapes and all that cool stuff. One of my favorite things to do uh, when I was about 9 or 10 years old was I would get a bunch of tapes and I would record... Um, my own radio broadcast. I loved WKRP in Cincinnati. I, I mentioned that a million times on the show. And, and I would sit and I would I would spend hours creating the perfect lineup, even even doing some commercials <laughs> and spots on it. Um, uh, I've searched through my mom's attic. I, I don't think those tapes exist. I, I swear to you, if I ever find one, I will play one on this show. But... um. WJMX in Florence was uh was the was the radio station that I that I listened to. I learned um I learned to love radio really from my dad. Um my dad uh was and his uh best friend Ralph Buchanan both listened to a lot of talk radio. Ralph always listened to talk radio. And Ralph was really big when we uh, when we drove to school, he would have the the AM radio station on. And it was always the news and traffic. And I just, I don't know that the pacing of all that just was something that, that, um, I fell in love with, or at least found comfort in. And on the way to school each day, whenever Ralph was part of the carpool and we're all in that front seat of his pickup truck, I, I, I just remember that, um, Dad would sometimes listen to music, but but I remember Dad listened to a lot of talk radio. Dad, Dad is the one that my dad, who was, uh, I would say for most of his life, was a registered Democrat. I remember my grandfather used to give him hell over that all the time. Um, my dad would listen to Rush Limbaugh. He, he loved it. It's sad to hear about Rush Limbaugh's cancer today, too. It's a sad thing. But um, it was... Um, my dad would just yell at, the, <laughs> yell at the radio all the time. I was like, why do you listen to this guy if you just want to yell at him all the time? But I was I was always intrigued at the um, the sharing of ideas, the theater of the mind that that radio is, and obviously, um, it, it, when podcasting came around, obviously something that I I you know really liked. 
But in the mornings when I would get ready for school, when I was 10 or 11 years old, a lot of times, you know, I'd listen to music and then I'd walk down to eat breakfast and my dad would always have Kynard and Coffee on. And uh, Kynard and Coffee was a show on WJMX. Tom Kynard had, it was his morning talk show. And, and I, I loved listening to it. Uh, it's the same kind of thing, the same comfort that I used to feel riding around in Ralph's truck early in the mornings. And, um, uh, you know, sitting there eating breakfast, getting ready to go for the day. There was something about that that just felt comfortable to me. Um, it was, uh, I guess it just spoke to me at the pace that I was used to. And um, I don't know, maybe subliminally, wow, my words are just flowing tonight. Um, maybe somehow, I, I don't know, I just kind of learned a little bit about um, even how to communicate in my sales job because of because of the um, the sound bites that I heard them talk in, the jingles that they uh, they would play, and and the way they would they would read copy about. Um, and weave it into the natural subject of the of the show, and I and I loved it. But what I liked so much about Tom Kynard were his interviews. Um, when I was in, I believe it was sixth grade, I, I got to go to Disney World with a, a group they had in Florence. It was the Reach program, and we got to go down and we got to do like. The, the underground Disney and the behind the scenes stuff where they taught us all this kind of stuff, not just the art, but the, um, the commercialism, uh, the little tricks around the park, uh, how they have a vent that pushes out the smell of cookies. When you walk by one place, certain colors that make you hungry and thirsty and why they put them in certain spots of the park. It was, it was, it was amazing. It was, it was fantastic. When I got back, uh, they asked, um, the radio station asked for someone uh, to promote the, uh, the 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 reach program to go and talk about what we learned at, at Disney World, and um, and so they asked me to go and do it, and I I did my first interview ever. As a matter of fact, I think the only time I've ever been interviewed. I don't think any. Well, I've been on other people's podcasts, um, but Tom Conard interviewed me when I was a kid. And I was in sixth grade. And I got to go on uh, Conard and Coffee, and. Um, and it was uh it was uh it was really neat it was uh it, it was it was really kind of um uh impressive to to be in the radio station and and see how that worked to put headphones on for the first time and talking to the mic and learn about you know slowing down a little bit and how to listen to yourself and um a, a, a cool bit of trivia i also met another guy that worked um at w was it wynn that, that was over there that way too. He's a guy that did some sports for them. As a guy by the name of Stuart Scott, uh, it's, it's kind of cool. I don't have a picture with either one of them. I, don't, I wish I did. <clears throat> but I saw that Tom Conner died um, the other day, and uh, it's funny how that that moment it it didn't um, it didn't plant something inside of me that. Uh, was a desire to go out and do exactly what what Tom did. I, I had that from before. Like I said, I'd been making these tapes and wanted to be in radio and and using this type of medium. Even though you know this this podcasting is it, podcasting is a lot of, of what those of us who used to listen to AM radio listen to AM radio for. It, it really is the new AM radio. Um, 
so many people get into video podcasts, but it's great because there's so many of us that still love this theater of the mind. And, and this is you know what we love about it. And uh, I think that um, what it did was it solidified in me that it was um, that people liked it, that people were interested in. It. I mean, being able to sit in that studio and, you know, for a kid my age back then in the who was that like like 89, 90 to see that much technology around me and, and to watch the timing between him and the people they were getting ready to set the commercials and, and the cues that were coming in, like just being able to be a part of that, to see that it was more than I even thought that it was, you know, was, was, was just, just magnificent. And I, and I loved it. And it was the, it was one of the only times our, our paths crossed. He did come to my dad's church one time and he told a story that he would go around and do at Christmas time in different places uh, called the, uh, the other wise man. I believe that's what the, what it was. And it was a wonderful story. I'm sure it's out there somewhere and I'm sure you can find it. And it was always a neat thing to, to kind of see, but it was, it was sad to see that he passed away. Um, but it got me thinking about something else that went on this past couple of weeks. So I've I've had to deal with some challenges um at work. Maria has been dealing with some stuff as well. It's been um it's been kind of a challenging time and there's been this little bit of uncertainty. Not nothing too bad. I mean, nothing anywhere near what we've dealt with before over the past couple of years, but, but just some challenges, but it was enough to remind me of, of those other challenges that we've been through before. And it, it really kind of, it really kind of maybe sit down one day and, and take stock in everything that was going on. And I needed to look at not only what was going on with work, which is where my challenges were, quite frankly, but how the things around work were being affected, how the things around work may have affected the way I was looking at my challenges. It's one of those kind of things where you need to make sure that you 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 got the whole spectrum of what's going on. But it reminded me um, this brief little time that, and I think I've got it figured out. I mean, I, I don't fully yet. I'm not quite a hundred percent sure on some things, but you know, I, th- I think I'm coming to some conclusions in some some areas, and and things are going to be okay, um, just with the challenges that I'm having to deal with. But it it reminded me about how you know I've been through months of uncertainty over the past few years. You've been privy to some of this information if you've been a fan of the show. And um, I, don't know, I don't know how I found, I don't know how, how I found myself here. Um, I, was, I was picking up some of my daughter's stuff and I picked up one of their Bibles. My, my, um, my Catholic schoolgirl daughter uh, will love to carry her Bible around our house and sit and read it. I don't, I don't know how much of it she's really reading or what she's grasping, but she, she loves to do it, makes her feel good about herself. And that's, that's all fine. But but something happened. Now, those of you that aren't religious, those of you that don't um that aren't Christian, hang with me here. I'm not going to talk about really the Bible itself. I want to talk about the physical makeup of it that struck me. Something that that I I've I've thought about before but never really given too much credence to it. 
I opened it up because I wanted to look at something. I don't know what it was. I think it was to see if there was an, uh, 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 like a, a little note inside the Bible that to whoever gave it to her may have signed it or something. I, I can't remember what I looked into it for. But for some reason, I hit right in between the Old and New Testament. And I looked at that page. There's one single page between the Old and New Testament. It is one blank page. And I sat down for a second and I looked at that. Because I've never really given it that much credence. But you know what is interesting about that page? And again, those of you that aren't really into this stuff, I'm not talking about the religious aspect of it. That page represents about 400 years. Four centuries. The the 1600s, if you will, from where we are today. 1500s, actually. That distance is only represented by one blank page in the Bible. So if you look at the way the Bible is created, there's the Old Testament with a bunch of weird stuff in it, a bunch of laws that that (laughs) we debate all the time, but tons of prophecy, tons of stuff that's going to happen. And then 400 years before we get to the next part. I think there's something to be said for that. Oh, you can find something dark and decrepit in that. But think about this. Because there were 400 years there, it doesn't mean that nothing happened. It doesn't mean that there was only famine and darkness and no hope for anyone. It doesn't mean there weren't birthday celebrations, new babies, marriages, funerals, people meeting new friends, starting new businesses, discoveries around the globe. The world kept turning. But 400 years passed. What point am I trying to make with this? Well, here's what it is. I think sometimes when we are going through a problem, we want to get to the resolution so quickly, we don't understand that sometimes we need to give it a blank page. Then the struggle that I've had, one of the things that I've found is um, I've been caught up in the confusion. And when you when you're when you're working with people who want to just live in the confusion, the true point of what they're trying to do or the goal of where you need to get in order to stop the problem is just caught up in the muddle. Sometimes you have to take that blank page to sit back and say, let me watch you for a second. Let me figure out what your pattern is here. 
let me think about what I need to do and how I really need to react. This is this is somewhat, I guess, a great place to bring up yet again Chad's 48-hour rule. If you've never heard this one ever, there's a huge event that goes on in our country or our world. You should wait 48 hours before putting anything on social media about it because a lot of times you don't have all the information or you're being emotionally driven and you're going to look like an idiot or say something that you shouldn't have put up there. And one of the things we've learned, ask Kevin Hart, is even if you put it up and take it down, someone's got a copy of that junk somewhere. There, there's something to be said for taking that beat and um, and living in that moment. And it's not necessarily living in darkness. It's not necessarily being complacent. Or you don't want to let people walk all over you, but sometimes it's okay to say, I'm going to take a breath here for a second. I talked about this. I talked about this a long time ago when the, um, I think my wife gave me a lot of, <laughs> a lot of, she didn't give me grief, but she gave me all these warnings for bringing this up. I think it's still, I think it's still fine to bring back up again. But I remember when, um, um, Why can't I remember his name? The Kardashian dad. Oh my God. You know, when you've had a long day at work, Bruce Jenner, gosh, Bruce Jenner. When, um, when Bruce Jenner went from Bruce Jenner to Caitlyn Jenner and on ESPN gave, was it, Sports person of the year, athlete, no, what an athlete of the year. There was an award that Caitlyn Jenner got. And it was, it was interesting. I remember Colin Coward talking about this on his show. He said, you know, we all do what the L, G, and the B was. And the T had just been there for forever. And we had just never had it in front of us before. Not, especially not on this level. And especially not in the sports world. And. I remember when that came out, I was talking with someone. I think I've told you the story and I said something about like, yeah, I'm just not, I'm not sure how I feel about that yet. And and they lit into me like, oh my God, how can you be so insensitive? How can you not, how can you, how can you paint people in a corner like this and, and, and pigeonhole them this way and make them live in your, you just settle down here for a second. There's nothing wrong with me taking a breath and saying, no, I've just never been around this before. I have a very good friend named Sean who lives in Atlanta. Of course he does. But I, he, I knew him from Charlotte. No, Charleston. Charleston. Um, he's a, he was uh, one of my very good friend's cousin, and he became a very good friend of mine. And um, he was the first, like, gay male friend I had, at least the, that was open. And um, and we were instant friends from the beginning. And, and I mean, I knew he was gay. But there was still, I can still look back on that and see uh, a, um, a a growth that I went through. And he and he's told me that I was like one of the first like straight friends he got close with after he came out because of the way that, you know, being gay in South Carolina in the 80s and 90s was not an easy thing to do. And you know, there's nothing wrong with being able to sit back and say, oh, I'm, I'm just need to process things for a minute. I think I think so often we just get pushed into that. Let me go back and talk about that prevent defense again. So many times 
when we think we have things figured out or we think we have it all in the bag, we go into our prevent defense. We just kind of go into doing something that feels safe, but it's completely different than what we've done before. I almost did that during this time that I've been dealing with this, this problem at work. Suddenly I was like, you know what? I, I feel okay about this. I think I will just completely change my outlook on it. <laughs> I caught myself looking at that page and saying, no, of, of course I'm not. Just sit here for a second and think about things. Why would you change your defense? Why would you change what you're going to do? If you're more of an offensive-minded person, th there is a story there as well. I've heard um, people that use timing patterns, which is like a wide receiver is running down the field, this back towards the quarterback, but he knows at this point, at this count, he needs to turn. And if he does, and the quarterback's done his job, that ball is going to be right there waiting on him. Almost like it's magic. Almost like it's been there the whole time. And when he turns, he'll just see it. I've heard I've heard uh, a couple of, of wide receivers talk about this before about where they just have faith in their quarterback and they learn to have complete faith in their quarterback. That doesn't mean that quarterback doesn't you know make a mistake, throw the ball too high or too low, get sacked, pick another receiver, check down somewhere else, but but they always have that faith no matter what. Even if the ball's not there that one time, they're not going to go back out there and not count and not turn and not put their hands out, they're going to continue to have faith because they know that if they don't have faith, they'll never catch it. They'll never be in the right spot. They have to keep that faith in them. There is a religious undertone there, but we, we won't hammer that home any, any harder. My point is, though, that sometimes we have to remember that we can't change what we're doing if we want to continue to see success, if we're being successful, if what's working is working, then keep letting it work. Maybe you dropped the ball. Maybe the quarterback didn't get it out there in time. Maybe he checked down to another receiver. But it doesn't mean that you stop running your routes. I thought about that with Tom Kynard. I thought about that with him today I, I, I'm no huge success ladies and gentlemen but you're listening to my show some of you I know some of you I've never met there are thousands of you that listen to this show every week from all over the world and I'm so grateful for that and I appreciate the communication we have and you know I mean gosh the older the show gets the more I tend to say that stuff I never told Tom Conner, thank you. Tom Conner has no idea that that little interaction helped solidify a belief in a medium, and not only in that. But I would really, really like to thank him for solidifying in me that there are great people out there in the world to talk to. And he did it so well. Why would I change what he did? A show that's 
You sit and talk, be who you want to be, bring some people in. Like that's that's exactly that's exactly what what I learned from Tom. All right, so that, that, that's first. Let, let me not be so heavy at this point of the show. I, uh, yeah, I, I don't want I don't want to get too deep here, but yeah, I, I think maybe Tom's passing kind of surprised me a little bit. What I'm trying to say with it though is that here's this guy that 30 years ago with me had a moment. And we haven't talked since then. As a matter of fact, the last time we talked will be the last time we talked. But it was still something that stayed with me, that influenced me through through the past 10 years. And I, I, I probably just didn't realize that. I'll tell you something else that happened the other day. So during the Super Bowl, I don't know if you, some of you know this, but uh, Katie Sowers is the uh, offensive line coach for the San Francisco 49ers. Um, a very good offensive line coach and who did a great job in the Super Bowl because that Kansas City defense is no joke. And that line played extremely well. Um, first female to ever coach in the Super Bowl. Uh, one of the first female coaches ever. You just haven't known her, but she, she's she's been there. Um, a couple of commercials have, have been made um, kind of a, bringing that to, to light and it's it's really cool that that she's gotten that and as she says in one of the commercials she's not trying to be the greatest female coach ever she's trying to be the greatest coach ever um so it's it's a mentality that i i've always appreciated warren moon had the had the same thing someone asked him one day if he appreciated being one of the greatest african-american quarterbacks to ever play the game and he said he never thought about that he just wanted to be one of the greatest quarterbacks and, and I, th- I think that's really how you break down barriers, you know. But um, my daughter is, is so, so impressed that there was a female that was a head coach. And in in talking to Brent about it, you know, it, it's been well documented on this show that my my daughter loves football. She loves it. Um, football is an important part of our family. It, it is something that we spend time doing. It, it is something that we thoroughly enjoy. We spend a lot of money going to games because we, we enjoy that sport so much. And it is something that binds uh, the two of us together to, to her to her and her mom. It's something that um, Maria has tried her best to get into um, and at least appreciate. And same thing with Sterling, even. And it's, it's something that we do. And, and it, you know, as divorced parents, sometimes you have to find common ground on something. And, and I'll tell you, football is still a thing for, for Adrian and I just to be able to sit and talk about civilly and something that, that kind of keeps us grounded, I think, at times. And football is an important thing for Bryn. And, and she told me the other day that she really liked seeing her as a coach in the Super Bowl a coach for an NFL team because Bryn loves football and it means that there may be something for her in it one day if she wants to go that way. Now, I don't know that Bryn and Katie Sowers will ever meet, uh, but a, 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 an interaction of sorts, if you will, through a commercial is something that that meant a lot to Bryn and means a lot for for her opportunity in the future. And it, it, it plants a seed in her head. So I, I want to go back to that blank page again. That blank page between the Old and the New Testament. That, that time of, I don't know, 400 years that we seem to just glance over. There are things happening there. There were things going on. There were important issues 
and obstacles. But we don't really know about them. And if you're if you're a Christian and you're looking at the Bible, I, I think that there's a part of that history that you're you're doing yourself and your um and your uh your faith a disservice if you don't look into that history. Because maybe it tells you a little bit more about what happened after the first and before the second. It tells you something about how people processed what was going on, I think. I believe. But there is something, there is something in not knowing, you know. One of my favorite people um, that I've read up a lot on is a guy by the name of Tony Dungy who was a transformative coach for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and a Super Bowl winning coach with the Indianapolis Colts and Peyton Manning. Uh, he's a motivational speaker. He gets involved in a lot of things across the across the country. He's an an, an announcer and an analyst on, on uh, is it Sunday Night Football? Monday night, Sunday Night Football. Um, and uh, one of the things that's interesting about Tony is uh, his his father. He and his father had a very good relationship. Um, and he there was a thing that his father used to always tell him. He would say, you know, when I was in the service, we didn't know how to fly and no one would teach us how to fly. So we had to teach ourselves. And Tony never really asked him what he meant by that. He just, he just kind of took it. You know, his dad was just trying to tell him, Hey, suck it up, buttercup, go out there and, and make it happen, which he was, which is exactly what his point was. As an African-American coach, uh, Tony Dungy did break a lot of grounds in the NFL. Not the first to do anything, but, but, but someone who really, um, uh, rose up against the odds in a lot of ways. He didn't know until 2004 at his father's memorial service that his father was actually one of the members of the Tuskegee Airmen. His father never bragged about it, never talked about that. He never knew that. <laughs> never knew it while his father was alive. As a matter of fact, the way he found out was one of the surviving members spoke at the memorial service about how he learned to fly with him. He had no idea. His father being a Tuskegee Airman obviously had something to do with Tony's success. The way he taught him, the way he brought him up. And it was in the dark pages of Tony's history, that blank page, that area that he didn't know. But it was there. The reason I bring this up today is because I, I think that when I would, this little stint that I've gone through with work, um, where things have kind of been up and down, I, I've seen some success over this past month. I, I've seen um, the ability to fix some of my issues over the past month. I, I've seen things come to fruition a little bit more. I, I can see a light at the end of the tunnel. Again, this was not a huge thing that I was dealing with. But what's interesting about it is it reminded me of some of the things that I've been through over the past two years. Again, if you've been a listener of the show for a while, uh, you know there have been some things that, that Marie and I have been challenged with in some very dark and uncertain times. And trying to keep that positivity is what this show has, has helped me do. But but even when I'm not on the air in those hours where there's no sound coming out of the microphone, I I think that... I think that we have to remember that maybe maybe that silence 
or maybe those those blank pages are important. We we have to take time to take time and process. We also have to remember that those blank pages may hold something that we need to know about. And maybe we can't find out exactly what it was, but but just because it happened during that blank page doesn't mean that it's not something that's greatly effective. But more importantly, do not take for granted your interaction with someone and what it can mean later. It's easy for us that have kids, okay? When you have kids, you, you, have to, you have to live with it. The good and the bad stuff, you see it play out in front of you. I'll tell you, I, I'll tell you a funny story that, that kind of has me thinking about this. Too. The other night, I was sitting with Ace, and I'm going to tell this. I haven't asked Ace if I can tell the story, and I hope he doesn't get mad at me. But he volunteered it, and I'm sorry, but frankly, when you tell somebody who talks to the world stuff, it may come up in conversation. So, so Ace was telling me the story about this friend that um, that he has that I think has moved closer lately, and we were talking about it, and I was like, well, how did, how did the two of you meet? So this friend of his was going to drive from, I believe, Portland, Oregon to Washington, D.C. Her dad didn't want her driving alone, so... Ace flew out there to uh, just kind of help her out and just make the trip with her so that there's somebody else in the car. He could help her drive, you know, just all that kind of stuff. Just friends, you know, just, just a friend of his he wanted to be helpful for. So Ace goes out there, like sleeps on her couch. Um, the next morning, this dude comes in. Ace is packing up the car, getting things ready. They're having a pretty serious conversation. You know, he meets Ace just by a handshake and then – drives off <laughs> what happened was that was that girl's fiance who she was not only leaving behind in the city she was leaving him behind she was breaking up with him getting in a car and driving across country my boy ace was not privy to this knowledge before this happened <laughs> So what's funny is not not just the fact that this young lady did this, but you have to understand something about Andrew Evans. He is one of the most sincere and genuine nice guys you will ever meet in your entire life. Go back and listen to the podcast with him. He even sounds like, when Ace talks, he sounds like a nice guy. I mean, when, when I think of what a nice person sounds like, it's Ace. That, that's it. What's hilarious is Ace is the absolute most dastardly villain in some poor dude's life story. Because that guy thinks that that girl left him for Ace and drove across the country. I mean, <laughs> I mean, Ace out of anybody. Ace is the Darth Vader. Ace is the Voldemort in this guy's story. Now, there's nothing really that Ace needs to do about that. It's just a, a hilarious coincidence. But it also goes to show the importance of the interactions you have. They can mean things to people. I don't know. I'm not trying to say that you got to watch your P's and Q's so much that you can't have fun every now and then. I think it's more this. Whenever you're going through some kind of rough patch, 
whenever things seem to be strange, whenever things to, things seem to be a little bit up in upheaval, maybe. Maybe it's a blank page. Maybe it's between chapters. Maybe it's a break and a beat that you need to take. Or maybe when you're reading through someone's story to remember that there are blank pages there between the chapters. And maybe you don't know the full story. Maybe there's a reason for that. Maybe, like Tony Dungy said, maybe it's because he never asked his father either. I'm, go I'm going to miss Tom Kynard. And what's funny is I haven't talked to him in three decades. I haven't missed him for three decades, but I'm going to miss him now because I don't have a chance to talk to him anymore. But I think I'm going to miss him because I don't think he realizes that in the blank page of my life, in between chapters, uh, there was a moment there that probably was planted and nurtured and grew and was more meaningful to me than, than I, I realized. And I'm not really sad about that. It's a fact of life. But it has given me pause and made me wonder more about that blank page. The blank page in between the chapters of my life. What may be there. When I may be sitting in one of them. What I can learn for them to be successful into the next phase, the next chapter. There is positivity in the darkness, in the silence. It's not all a scary movie. It's something to really take advantage of sometimes. I hope we all learn to do that. There is so cold, the valley is so deep. Walls are closing in. I can see it in their eyes. I feel like a rising tide. The gods of war of the demand. So take shelter inside your heart. Steal yourself, cause this is the hardest part. And follow me, boys. I get us off this mountainside. Follow me, boys, to our doom. I make no promises, but if you cast your fears aside, follow me, boys, to our doom. So that, um, is a little heavier than I planned on being there. <laughs> I appreciate appreciate you coming back and taking a listen. We've got some really exciting interviews coming up over the next few weeks. Uh, it's it's good to be back to have my voice back again. Hopefully, we've all gotten through cold and flu season. Man, the flu this year sucks. I mean, it is rough, man. It is it has hit my house twice already this year. I think the dog's gonna get it. It's ridiculous. Uh, if you have um, if you haven't checked out Don uh, Merkel's page, go go check it out sometime soon. Is uh, over on Facebook. 
Dunn's had a, a great weekend, like I said, at the beginning of the show, uh, some stuff. And I actually got a couple of text messages from him during the show. He, uh, he the, the past weekend has been great. Go check that music out. People have asked me about the, the, the blacksmiths. We, we are still talking about doing some stuff. If you're in the Columbia area, uh, I'm going to try to start putting up where the, where the fellas are. Uh, Kevin, Kevin Pettit, the bass player for uh, the blacksmiths, does have another band. We've played with them before. It's uh, 48 Fables. If you guys haven't checked them out, you, you got to go see them. A, a very eclectic uh, group of musicians in that band. Uh, they, they play some really fun songs. They've been doing a lot of gigs lately. You need to go check them out. Um, and then our boy Brian Woodlowski is uh, playing with jazz cats all over the state. Uh, if you see that name, yes, it looks like Lebowski. Uh, that That is Brian. I know he's been doing a bunch of gigs. I think he's got one coming up this weekend, February 7th. Oh, I wish I knew where it was. I'm sorry, Brian. I'll, I'll, I'll try to put that up on the page. And uh, But Jason and Don and I will be at the St. Patrick's Day block party uh, the weekend before St. Patrick's Day. Uh, down in Charleston, March 10th, I believe, March 7th, one of those days. Uh, more on that as we get uh, closer to it. But, yes, yes, the fellas, the fellas are still out there, March 7th. The fellas are still out there, we're still doing stuff, having a good time, and uh, still keeping up with each other. So, uh, But if you, if you get a chance, go check out the local bar media page. I'll make sure I start putting some links to some of the uh, the other fellows up there. I know I've gotten quite a few emails over that. So thank you all very much uh, for asking. Listen, I want to throw this out there. We've got some open spots coming up at the end of March. And whenever I do this, I've gotten some of the best, best um, uh, requests from people. If you know of anybody that you think would be a great person to have on the show that's got some really fun, positive story to share, please send it chat at localbarmedia.com. It's the place where you can go and send us that and any other comments or questions we appreciate all the emails we get from you guys thank you very much uh look forward to uh checking in with you guys again next week thank you so much for coming back and sticking with us uh, even though we <laughs> we make a bunch of empty promises and ghost you for a couple of weeks uh thank you very much looking forward to talking to you guys again soon thanks for stopping by the bar We've picked up your tab, but if you'd like to leave the best bartenders you know a tip, head over to patreon.com forward slash local bar and support the show. Any support is greatly appreciated. If you'd like to drop us a line, send your emails to chad at localbarmedia.com. Thanks for coming in. See you next week. Yes, we will see you next week. Same bat time, same bat channel. Well, same bat channel. Thanks again for coming back and spending a little bit of time with us. Look forward to seeing you next week. Until then, take care. This podcast is part of a local bar media. For this and other shows, visit localbarmedia.com.